Hello and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where we learn about a Bible topic, character or concept. And today we're learning about joyful evangelism as we study the sermon, The Theology of Fun. God was willing to give up his life. He must love us a lot. Therefore, these laws have to be given out of love. These laws must not just be arbitrary. They must be intended to give us a good life. God created fun. God created pleasure. God wants to have fun with us. Through being happy, you are actually sharing the gospel. The gospel isn't just a bunch of words and books and the Bible. It's just joy. Guess what? You're sharing the spirit with them. Hi, my name is Christopher, and ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat because today we have two very esteemed guests with us. First of all, he's living all the way in Newcastle at the moment. It is Mr. Mitchell Sonta. Oh, it's me. Hey guys. That is. Mitchell. Good to, good to hey, see you again. having a good day. I mean, good, <laughs> good for you to hear me again, I guess. That might be one of the most ostentatious things ever said. <laughs> don't worry, I feel like I've also done that, like, ah, d- don't you just like listening to my smooth, silky <laughs> voice, which is, it is not at all. What am I doing? I haven't even introduced our second guest yet. He lives in Queensland. He's embracing the, uh, the hot winter's of Queensland, and for that all, is. All those people who can't see him also a beard. Oh, this, also this very bearded, looking like Gandalf. It's Jesse Marks. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yeah, this is true. I do have a beard. This is not a lie. <clears throat> so, with that said, I reckon we can get into our recap. But just before we do, if you haven't watched the sermon, The Theology of Fun, go to the link below, come back here later, because this podcast is full of spoilers. With that out of the way, Let's get into a quick recap. So, the sermon begins by looking at the idea that most churches have a theology of most doctrinal positions, such as a theology of God, a theology of the Holy Spirit, a theology of the Sabbath, but no one really has a theology of fun. And in order to find our theology of fun, we go to the most depressing book in the entire Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived, and he decides that everything under the sun is meaningless if it is not done for eternal value. Instead, Solomon comes to the conclusion that... Instead, Solomon comes to the conclusion that the purpose of human life is to respect and fear God and to keep his commandments. However, even that seems to be a bit vague. So, what commandment is Solomon specifically talking about? Well, all throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon repeats the following command. And it goes like this, I know that nothing is better for man than to rejoice, to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. So essentially what Solomon is saying is that God intends for his people to enjoy the day-to-day things of life, to be joyful and to have fun with friends and with family. Solomon is advocating eating, drinking, and being merry, and not in a hedonistic or self-indulgent way, and not in order to forget life, but in order to remember and be grateful for the blessings which God has given us. And really, we shouldn't be surprised, 
because Genesis 1.28 says basically the same thing with God telling his people, be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth and have dominion over it, to enjoy the fruit of their labor, to enjoy friends and family and the animals. And then Jesus repeats this in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 at the Great Commission, telling his people to spread all across the world and to multiply and make more disciples. So we see that our theology of fun actually ties into our evangelism, and that in order to be a good witness, we have to have joy in our heart. If joy is a fruit of the Spirit, then those without the Spirit cannot have it. And so if we as Christians have fun and show joy, people will want to know what is the source of our joy, and we can tell them about the gospel, the good news that Jesus has given us eternal life, and that is the source of our happiness. And so, the theology of fun gives us meaning and purpose in life, and it helps us to direct our vision of evangelism. Okay, well, let's get into your personal takeaways. I'm interested to hear what did you two think of this sermon? Shall we start with you, Mr. Santa? What did you think? All right, well, <clears throat> this sermon was actually pretty relevant to me. Like, I think it's probably relevant to everyone, but I, I found, especially for myself, this week I've been a bit sick. Mm. Um, and I find that when I'm sick, I struggle to find something to do, you know? Like, I can't really go outside. I can't go hang out with friends because I don't want to get them sick too. Yeah. I can't... Like, I had a headache all week, and so it was like, man, I don't want to study. I don't want to do all the work I've got to do. Um, and so what I tended to... What I used to do was just sit around all day and watch, you know, watch YouTube or watch, <clears throat> watch movies or something. Um, but this time I've been like, man, this is just such a waste of time. Mm. And um, it's... It's one thing I've been trying to remove is like, you know, just time wasting stuff, especially YouTube for me is a big time waster. Mm. And so while that, that's what I used to do for fun, it's like, I don't want to do that for fun anymore. Yeah. I want to get rid of that. So like this sermon was, it was pretty timely for me really. Like it was, this was a week where I saw just, you know, just how little I understood of what God's sort of fun was. Mm. Um, and it's got me thinking. So yeah, really good for me. That's um, and I guess I guess I can't say I can't say yet what I've learned because I'm still learning from it. But it's definitely had an had an impact. Mm, that's awesome to hear. No, that's a I I really like hearing. Um, yeah, that's had that impact on your life and that you're still thinking about it and figuring it out. That's really good. What about you, mm. Jesse? Mm. Yeah, no, I, like like Santa, I think it's it's a great message, very relevant. Um. I guess to put it in a couple of words, it, it was good fun. It, it was just good fun. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> nah. It, yeah. Um, I think it's an important topic that uh, Christians struggle with. I mean, yeah, what does the Bible have to say about fun and pleasure? I, I thought that's, yeah, interesting and something not that we don't often hear about. Um, it actually kind of reminded me of, like, back in the Middle Ages, Augustinian monks how they used to, I don't know, kind of lock themselves away from pleasure. Almost, sort of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, nah, seek a holy life by abstaining from all that sort of stuff. But um, no, nah, so I think it's important. And I think sometimes that mindset, although it's not that prevalent and maybe not that bad, it can still linger today. And um, mm. it can come in many different forms. Like I wrote a few down. Maybe, yeah, 
people, just Christians, find guilt and when they're just doing a simple good pleasure. They don't know what's good, but they just find, I don't know, find themselves guilty for doing it. Or maybe yeah. they know that pleasure is okay and fun is okay, but they don't know what's good and what's okay. And mm. I don't know. Or another side of things I think you touched on is that, like, the Christian life is meant to be one of joy. Like, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, like you said. But, like, a false understanding that, you know, Christians are meant to be solemn and you're not meant to show too much joy at the time. You're meant to take things seriously and take God seriously, and that sucks all joy out, which is something mm. that, yeah, we can fall into from time to time. So, no, I thought it was good. It's addressing a very relevant topic. And, um, yeah, great message that God created fun. God created pleasure. And I really like, too, something that I really mm. never think about is that God wants to have fun with us as well. So... Mm. No, I think very on-the-spot topic and, yeah, really well presented. So, good job, Chris. No, that's great to hear, and I'm uh, I'm glad it got you thinking. Uh, there was something interesting in there that you kind of touched on, Jesse, and I'd like to open that up for discussion. We'll, uh, we'll segue right into our main meet of the podcast, The Cutting Room Floor, now. Uh, so, Jesse, you mentioned that some people might find it difficult to determine what is... Uh, like God-approved fun or pleasure, and what uh, isn't. For someone who's struggling with that, how do you think? What do you think is an appropriate way for people to determine whether this is something that God would approve of or not? Hmm, that's a good question. <clears throat> I guess an obvious answer is see if there's anything biblical on on the topic. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Because, yeah, you can't really go on your feelings if you're in that sort of circumstance because you're obviously feeling, I guess, your, your feelings are misguiding you in that sense. But, yeah, no, that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, well, well, yeah, what do you think, Mitchell? What do you think about that? It's, yeah, it is a good question. Um, it's something it's something that I, I have wrestled with a fair bit. Like, on the one hand, I know that God just wants me to you know, be happy, be healthy. Like, he doesn't want... To impose strict rules on me, but on the other hand, I know that his rules are there because he wants me to be happy and healthy. Yeah, so like, <laughs> that's true. In following, in following his like the way to get happiness is to follow the rules. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean. Like, so it's a difficult one. So like, I'll give you my example. Like with the YouTube stuff, I used like I think, I think there's nothing inherent. I, most of the stuff on YouTube isn't inherently bad. It's just. I don't know, light-hearted fun, I guess. Mm. Um, mm. But for me, so this isn't for everyone out there, but for me specifically, YouTube became a real problem in that I put all my time into it mm. and what gain was I getting out of it, you know? Like, I'd sit there for hours and watch it, but what was I taking away from it when I finished? Mm. Um, and so, based on that, I think that isn't... I think... I think <clears throat> I think for me, the definition of God-approved fun means something that is fun and light-hearted, but also doesn't leave you with nothing. Yeah. Hmm. Um, something that can build you even, you know, hmm. through, through having fun doing it. You're actually building something. You're building friendship. Hmm. You're building a skill. You're building fitness. It's like you know, productive fun something or something. good that's coming out of it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Productiveness, yeah. yeah. And I, what's interesting about that is I've also heard even like... Um, I think our society is very uh, self-indulgent. And I, I, I'm no, um, not exempt by this by any means, but we're very self-indulgent and wanting to be entertained. 
And、mm. again, I don't think entertainment is necessarily a bad thing. For example, if you go see a movie, I have a lot of respect for people who make movies. Like you see the credits、mm. of those things and the amount of people who've gone directed and the cinematography, the CGI, the music. Like it's、mm. a piece of art. It's great to look at. But、mm. you're you've also not really done anything. Uh, mm. It wasn't anything productive. It wasn't like you had created the art, if you know what I mean. So it looks like a lot of people are more absorbed in appreciating things that other people have made rather than producing things themselves, because it's a lot easier、mm. to do the alternative.、Uh, which kind of echoes what you were saying. It's it's better to do something more productive than to sit back and watch something. But, yeah, it's a feeling of like. You know, yeah, I've done this thing, and while I'm doing it, I'm really enjoying it.、Mm. But the problem is, when you finish doing it, you just feel like, oh, well, you know, I've, I'm left with nothing now, and <laughs> unless I go back to it, I can't enjoy myself anymore. Yeah. Whereas I think a good fun lingers. You know what、mm. I mean? Like,、mm. you go hang out with friends, and then you come back home, and you're still thinking, man, that was great. Yeah. That's a really good point, and you mentioned、mm. this as well, Mitchell. And I think I would add this to how you can figure out what is godly fun. You mentioned that for you,、um, you said for me personally, I recognised that this、uh, YouTube was something that you wanted to spend a bit of time away from, and、mm. I think that's a great indicator. If we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us and to guide our conscience, I think a lot of the time your conscience will. Make a lot of those decisions for you. Like if you're feeling uneasy about something, chances are、mm. it probably isn't that good, you know. Or yeah,、mm. uh, even if it is something completely innocuous, like you said、uh, with YouTube, like if it's just general fun, it's completely innocuous. It's not harmful. If your conscience still doesn't approve of that,、um, then for you to go through with that would be sin for you. Uh, we、mm. we did a、mm. sermon on this.、Uh, let me quickly find what episode it was. But this comes under the idea of Adi Ofra,、uh, the idea that there are some things that are not inherently good or not inherently bad, but our conscience still makes decisions on them. And if we choose to neglect our conscience and go against it, then we actually do ourselves、um, a disservice. God actually says you're sinning. Ah,、uh, that's、mm. ASP episode twenty one. One man's sin, another man's pleasure. That's again episode twenty one. One man's sin, another man's pleasure. Talking about how our conscience guides us in terms of morality and what to do and what not to do. Um,、mm. I think as well. I'd like to go to now that we're kind of on this topic of God and God's law. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter eleven. Ecclesiastes chapter eleven. And this actually is one of the main texts I think that we can talk about when looking at a theology of fun. And Jesse, would you be able to read out for us verses seven through to ten? Sure. Actually, so, how about just seven through to nine? Seven. Yeah, seven through to nine. So Ecclesiastes eleven seven through to nine. Light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning! When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life. But let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do not do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. Hmm. 
I, I like that. Hey, so he starts off by saying, "The light is sweet," or in other words, like mm. every day above ground is a good day. You know,、mm. every day that you wake up and you have life and breath in you, it's a good day. And I love. I really. What version are you reading from there, Jesse? That's a great version. Yeah, NLT, I think. New Living Translation. I really、yeah. like. <clears throat> yeah, I really like the way they phrase that.、Um, could you read out verse nine for us again? That was really good. Yeah, sure. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must also give an account to God for everything that you do. Hmm.、Mm. So yeah, there obviously we can see God isn't saying like, "Hey, here is a blank check to literally do whatever <laughs> you want." He says, <laughs> "Do what you want, but also remember there is a judgment. Like you can't.、Mm. Actions have consequences. So if you choose to." Abuse the freedom that God has given to you, and abuse essentially the gift of life that has been given to you. There,、uh, yeah, you will have to give an account for all of those、uh, things that you did.、Mm. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, man, this is a bit of an old reference. Does anyone remember YOLO? Oh, you only YOLO. live once. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. You only live once. That was that's old now, man.、Oh, I think、Who、it was、is. in primary school when that was around. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> the the silly thing about it is, it's not true at all.、Uh, in fact,、yeah. everyone, we're the Bible tells us that everyone lives twice.、Um, yeah, I kind of changed it up a little. I, I said yolt. You only live twice. Yeah, yolt. <laughs> That's what I've got here as well. Yolt. You only live <laughs>、yeah. twice.、Um, yeah. Or my dad says another one. You can either live live twice and die once. Or live twice, die twice, or something, something like that.、Um, well, hang on. What about what about like、um, Lazarus? He lived. He will live three times. Ah, <laughs>、uh, get out of here, Lazarus! You stop mucking <laughs> up my good saying. <laughs> yeah, there are a few unique exceptions, but、um, yeah, we're told that eventually、uh, everyone will be given the opportunity. No,、oh, sorry, not, not exactly the opportunity. Everyone will be have to give an account before God. And、um, yeah, I mean, if you're fortunate enough to be still alive when God's here, you do only live once. But it's a very long one.、Uh, but for all of those who died in Christ, we're told that they'll be resurrected again. So that's their second life, if you、uh, want to call it that.、Mm-mm. Now, Mitchell, I have a question for you. All right.、Uh, I'm not a big fan of this whole rules stuff and having to keep a judgment. Before God,、uh, I'm not a fan.、Uh, God's laws restrict me, and I feel like I'm more free to do what I want when I'm not keeping God's laws. What would you、hmm. say to that? Well, I think it's good you're thinking about it. Like, <laughs> something I something I admire is is when people, you know, we, we, we all agree and disagree with something. Like it's it's very difficult to hear something. Not form an opinion about it. Yeah, right.、Mm-hmm. The thing I love is when people will hear something, form an opinion about it, and then voice it.、Mm-hmm. And, and so, I think it's awesome when people say, "Yeah, great, God's given us laws. Why would I want to follow them?" First of all, that's great. So,、um, so yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, I guess for me, I didn't understand the significance of God's laws until I understood the significance of God. Full stop.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
let's just say there's this giant guy, and he decided, oh yeah, I'm going to create things, and then I'm going to make them do things. Right? Well, like, why would why would I want to do any of that stuff? <laughs> he, he made me. Yeah, sure, sure, he made me. Sure, he gave me life. But what's the point of that life? Yeah. All he wants me to do is follow his arbitrary laws. Hmm. But in this case, that giant guy made us, allowed us to do whatever we want. Mm. Uh, well, I, first of all, he gave us, you know, he gave us guidance, but he allowed us to do whatever we want. And then when we did things that hurt ourselves, he didn't say, oh, well, you know, you can die. <laughs> he said, I'm going to work with you as hard as I can to help you, right? Yeah. Mm. So he sent prophets, so he sent judges, so he sent great people to help us mm. throughout the ages. And finally, he sent himself. But it wasn't just himself, he sent his son to come to the earth and... And the point of all of that, and his son came and died, right? Mm. This is God. This guy that could have done anything sent his son to the earth to die. And so, anyway, he did all that because we didn't follow his law because we were, and, and resulted in hurting ourselves. And so I say, I don't think he gave us his law arbitrarily. If he's willing to do all that to help us keep his law then there must be a good reason to keep the law. Yeah. Right? Mm. Um, if he's willing to do all that, first off, it says that he must love us, right? Exactly, yeah. There's not mm. many other explanations <laughs> than, like, he's, God was willing to give up his life mm. so that we could have a happy life, or, or rather, so that we could live follow the law. He must love us a lot. Therefore, these laws have to be given out of love. Mm. Mm. Therefore, these laws must not just be arbitrary, they must be intended to give us a good life. Yeah. That's why I that's why I say we should follow the law. That's great. Yeah, that's actually mm. a really good explanation. Would do you have anything to add to that, Jesse? On Mitchell's sure. source there? Sure. So I guess one thing that comes to mind, we're we're having a nice conversation here. Like I'm on a laptop with you guys with, with Skype. And you know what? I'm pretty sure most people would agree with me that I'm very thankful that today a guy didn't walk into my house, take my laptop and walk out and then no consequences. I, I'm, quite, <laughs> I, I'm quite happy there's a law that exists that says, you know what, it's probably not the best idea for me to go and steal that guy's computer because, hey, I, I might get put into prison for this. And like, there, besides, which I completely agree with you, Mitch, but I think another thing we can say to that is, hey, laws are practical. They actually, mm. yeah. they yeah. make life easier, really. Uh, I guess you really break it down to it. It's interesting. Uh, Think what you want of him. There's a guy called Jordan Peterson now. He wrote a book called 12 Rules for Life. Now, you can't deny that that book is actually really popular at the moment. So you think about it. Okay, a lot of young people are buying a book about rules. Uh, rules how to live. <laughs> so you think, oh, what? Okay. So I think deep down, I think people understand that not all rules. I definitely don't think all rules. But I think some rules, people just understand. Yeah, I'm glad some rules exist. Um, mm. So I think if fully understood God's laws, I think if you fully grasp them, you realize, hey, that they're very practical and they actually make life so much easier. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's my two cents in the, the, the topic. <clears throat> well, I, I think what's interesting as well, if someone were to run up to your house and grab your laptop, your first instinct would be to yell, hey, hey, come back, come back. Now... Mm. Why, why is that your first instinct? It's because you realize that there's in, an injustice there, that you, you've you just had one of your rights violated. And 
You can go mm. up to anyone, you know, they don't have to be Christian. You can go up to any person. And if you just snatch their phone, they'll go, hey, 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 get that back, get that back, it's mine. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of innately know this idea of, for example, personal property and that theft is not okay. Um, mm. People have an understanding of God's moral law, whether they always abide by it or not. We're told that God's law is in people's hearts. And mm. so we kind of innately know that some things are good and some things are bad. Um I think what I would say to a person who's wondering if God's laws are more restrictive, I would say I like to think of it as you're standing on a cliff. Um, God's law is this. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> God's law is you are standing on the cliff. And God says, well, okay, you can have the choice to either stay here on top of the mountain or you can choose to jump off the cliff, and that would obviously be sin. So with God's law, being with God, you actually have two choices. But if you choose to go into sin, if you choose to jump off the cliff, you no longer have two choices. You are stuck in your one choice, and that is falling off the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I love this passage in uh, Romans 7. This is from Paul, the Apostle Paul, and he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, that is what I don't. But instead, I do what I hate. And he says again, um, but I see, uh, he says, the law of sin is working within me. He goes, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do, that is what I keep on doing. So he, Hmm. he... is really expressing the human sinful nature that we all struggle with. And he says, the problem with living in sin is that I know what good is and I know what bad is, but my sinful nature keeps pushing me towards bad. It keeps Mm. taking away my choice. Um, Tell you what's so nice about Paul writing that. Like, I think it's, it's this, the Bible is filled with examples of people that can't keep God's law. mm, mm. The best of God's people like, there are some amazing people in the Bible, people that, <clears throat> like, compared against anyone you see today or anyone, you know, in popular history, mm. these are genuinely, regardless of religion, these are good people. Hmm. These are amazing people, right? Not one of them kept the law perfectly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The Bible's filled with that. And then you've got Paul, who explicitly says about himself, hmm. like, the rest of them, Moses writes his books, and he writes his mistakes in his books. Hmm. Um but Paul actually says to us as an audience and, and to the, the churches he was speaking to, I can't not sin. Yeah. I am a bad person, mm. right? I'm trying not to do the wrong, the wrong thing, but I can't. And it, it's so encouraging. Not It doesn't encourage us to sin, but it encourages us that we're not alone, you know? Like, just because mm. we fail doesn't mean we're inherently... doesn't mean we're, uh, you know, we're permanently lost. It just means... We are kind of brought up in sin, and we've got to do a bit of work with God to get out of it. Mm. Mm. That's a that's a very good point. And uh, listeners at home, uh, I think what you heard just then was really unique because they were just given three different perspectives of the same, basically answering the same question, and I think they're yeah. all equally yeah. true. Uh, we had the idea that God's obviously demonstrated his love to us, and therefore his laws must be to love and protect us. If we looked at the fact that the law is pragmatic and that it uh, it has, helps 
run society and it keeps people safe and protects the rights. And also the fact that keeping the law actually actually gives you more choice than when you disobey the law. So mm. those are three different perspectives and three biblical perspectives and uh, three huge reasons, I would say, that keeping God's law is not restrictive, but it is, in fact, a blessing that God has given to us. So, man, that was a really good discussion. I love that. Mm. Um, I want to move now into what happens when we abandon uh, God and we abandon the meaning and purpose and value that he's given us. And uh, essentially, it it leads to a kind of sense of nihilism, which is what we see Solomon struggling with. Um, And for our listeners at home, nihilism is just a fancy word for the philosophy that everything is basically meaningless, there isn't much point to life. Or um, perhaps I should say there is no objective meaning to life. Um, And so it's whatever you make it to be. And so uh, for our listeners at home, I would strongly encourage you to go to the Mighty Warrior Ministries website where we've uh, written an article on a topic just like this. The article is called The Age of Reason. And this morning we're just going to go through a couple of these uh, consequences of what happens when we abandon God and the meaning and value he gives us. Sorry, uh, if you want to go to the Age of Reason, you'll get a slightly different chart, but it'll have a lot of similarities with what we're talking about now. Uh, and But I think one of the main things that we see with nihilism is a sense of self-indulgence um, or hedonism. If, you know, if we, if there is no meaning, it's better to eat, drink, and be merry in a hedonistic way and just accumulate and have as much pleasure as you want. And in fact, I think we've already touched on the fact that our society is very um, consumer consumeristic. Is that a word? Has a consumer Uh, culture. Let's make it a word. It's a word now. (laughs) Okay, yeah. It makes sense. We live in a a consumer culture where we want everything. It's all about uh, self-indulgence and everything we can there. Uh, And I'd also like to go through... A few of these attempted ideas. So if we if we have this void of meaning, we have to fill it with something, right? So I'm going to throw out some of these ideas, and I want to hear uh, your guys's opinion on whether these are good replacements for the actual meaning of life which God has given us. So how about this one? To achieve biological perfection. What do you think of that one? Well. I guess, what does that mean? What are we talking about? Oh, I don't know. Peak physical condition, let's say. You're ripped. You can... <laughs> you're super athletic. It, it's short-lived. It's certainly nice to be... <laughs> should it be short-lived? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, hit like, you hit like 50 and then you're like, oh, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think... They get a bit of... Uh, it's it's nice to be fit. It's nice to feel mm. like you can run and you know do stuff and not not get real tired. Mm. But I guess this is talking about you know doing that to the extreme. I guess. Yeah. No, I agree, and I think God's given us exercise, and uh, He wants us to be healthy. But as Jesse said, uh, biological perfection comes a bit ha- becomes a bit harder as you uh, grow older, inevitably. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> um, all right. How about this one? To do the right thing and to live ethically. 
What do you reckon about that one? That's pretty good. It sounds good, doesn't it? I, I feel like it, you can't do that by itself. It isn't enough by itself, right? Mm. So, <laughs> to me, I'm like, if you're uh, doing this in replacement of God, this means you don't have an objective ethical guideline. Mm. So, to me, you can only do this, you can only achieve this uh, so well because you have a very limited view of uh, morality and doing the right thing. Mm. That that and also you could say, if uh, we're all sinners and you want to be like a hundred percent perfect in doing the right thing, you'll never actually achieve that because mm. inevitably mm. you will sin, you will stuff up. Mm. You can okay, well, how about this? Yeah, exactly. How about this one to achieve power? Achieve power? Yeah, achieve <laughs> power. <laughs> it depends on what sort of power. Because I tell you what. I would quite like to be able to, like, punch a mountain into little... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go back to achieve biological perfection for that one, I think. (laughs) Just, like, that sort of power. Or, like, move a planet. That would be cool. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. We got Thanos Um, here. But in terms of power, like... I feel like... I feel like you could have power by forcing it. Or you could have power by earning it. And I think God's way is that you would earn it. Mm. Um, in the sense that, you know, you gain people's trust, you show them that you care about them, and, you know, you have a good time with them, and they, by, you know, you build their trust in you. And, and when you have trust, when people trust you, it's kind of like power, but it's a good sort of power, right? Mm. Like, you have, you have a sort of... It's kind of like you have power over them because they trust you, mm. but also mm. it's not power over them because mm. it's built in a good way. It's yeah. completely well, voluntary. That's like... Yeah, <clears throat> mm. that's interesting. Uh, actually, in Second Second Samuel, after um, the kind of civil war within Israel and after David got dethroned, after he defeats his enemies, he goes around to all the different tribes and he asks for them to voluntarily accept him as king. Uh, he doesn't actually enforce his rule over them. He says, I want you to do this wilf- uh, willingly, which is a, an mm-hmm. interesting point you have there. Um, I think, unfortunately, the one side effect of power, however, is uh, eventually you lose it. Whether that's mm. as you're old and people deem you no longer uh, perhaps um, fit to wield that much power anymore, or when you die, mm. that power just goes on to someone else. It's, uh, it's an unsus- it's another unsustainable thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I reckon those are, m- those are a few of the examples. Uh, these I pulled from one of my old sermons. We might do it on the After Sermon podcast one time. I don't know. We'll find mm. out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, as you can see, it's very difficult to come up with even uh, even though some of these sound quite noble, but they still don't match uh, the the meaning and fulfillment we need in life. And often people don't pursue uh, some of these more honourable ones. Most people just go straight into hedonism. And so the final thing I want to touch on is, uh, again, how fun is able to influence our evangelism. So I'd like to ask you guys... What do you think are some ways we could inco- incorporate fun or maybe joy into our evangelism uh, without diluting our message at the same time? 
Uh, you got any thoughts on that, Jesse? How we could, yeah, have joy in our evangelism? Hmm. Like, I guess typically, well, I guess something that we already do that that is sort of, I guess, adding a bit of enjoyment is like after or before an evangelistic meeting or whatever, there's a time for food and like talking, essentially. Mm. Like, yeah, just dialogue. Like, they put out some nice little snacks, you eat some, you talk to people, and it gives a good a good taste in people's mouths of what they experienced. And, um, yeah, yeah. I guess something that, that... That's what we already do that. Other things? Hmm. Like, maybe we could change it up a little bit. Maybe, for example, we could organize sort of like a fun fun park day. I don't know, out in the community. Mm. Um, where maybe something apart from that can be a little presentation... Uh, about uh, maybe not something really, really heavy and, and deep, but you know something that's Christian related. I don't know. Like, it's something that we probably need to think about a lot more. Eh? <clears throat> mm. Yeah, definitely a lot to think about. What What do you reckon, Mitchell? How can we add some fun spice to our evangelism? I like what Jesse's saying. It's sort of um, thinking of ways to apply it to an existing system. Um, I think, from, for me, it's like <clears throat> what you were talking about in your sermon was one of the ways God intended us to have fun was with family and friends, right? Mm. Um, mm. Together, like there's an inherent happiness that you get from, well at least for a period of time, there's an inherent happiness you get from being around people. I know from experience with Christopher and <laughs> <probably just> too, <laughs> uh, that period of time is shorter than other people which is of the introversion, um, <laughs> but but um, yeah, but it's it's you can't deny that being around people makes you happy. Mm. Um, I mean, the right people. So I think, but in terms of evangelism, it, it can be pretty simple. Like it can just be, mm. you know, if you've got a group of friends, you don't need to hang out with them to share the gospel with them. You can just hang out with them and spend time with them, and through. Mm being happy, you are actually sharing the gospel with them. Because mm. The gospel isn't just a bunch of words and books and the Bible. It's, it, it is joy, right? Mm. Like One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy, and if you're mm. bringing out joy in your people, the people around you by spending time with them, guess what? You're sharing the Spirit with them. Yeah, mm. that's so, a really good point. Um, yeah, just, you know, simple stuff. Just hang out with people. Get some food with them. Um, make friends. Keep friends. Um, you know, down the track you'll invite them to church, but that's not the most important bit. The most important bit is you just fellowship with them. Mm. Show them what it means to have like godly fun. Yeah, and that 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 can mm. be just as fun, or even more fun than what can be found like at the bottom of a, a bottle or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> exactly, just like yeah. soccer game or yeah. No, I love that. That's cool. <clears throat> no, that's great. And uh, Mr. Santa, for for us. Uh, us introverts or nah, for um for for people this this is sincere for people who um might struggle a bit to have that joy in their lives how do you think it is that that attitude can be changed so that there can be more joy in a christian's life what would you guys say is the kind of solution to that well it's undeniable and like it's not when i'm not i'm not sitting here saying it's a problem that some people you know like big groups less than others. There's no problem with that. Mm. That's just 
how people are, right? Um, but I think I think everyone needs friends. Yeah, I think mm. I'm right in saying that. And the th- the thing that I'm learning is that God doesn't need you to witness to forty people for you to be a, a good witness, right? Mm. If you have one friend that you meet once a week and you spend time with for one hour in that week, and you have a good time with them, whatever that means, you know, maybe you go for a walk, or maybe you play some sport. Who knows? Maybe maybe you even go and watch a movie. You know, like it's up to you what your good time is together. Um, if you do that, that little act, don't you don't have to go outside of your own comfort zone. Well, a little bit you do, but like you don't have to push yourself to spend time with like a whole group of people. It can be one person. Um, but there's, yeah, anyway, there's, there's basically what I'm saying is do what you can, um, and and it will be blessed by God. Mm-hmm. That's great. I I reckon as well for um if you are struggling with joy and perhaps you're uh, what I'd called a bitter christian in my sermon or you're very grumpy all the time uh and if that's unjustified you know uh I think bitterness and grumpiness can't be justified you know uh, genuine grief or sadness can you know you, you obviously can't always have joy in hugely uh depressing circumstances but I think grief uh Sorry, bitterness and grumpiness are a little bit self-centered. I think that's uh, an attitude problem, right? And that's a mm. product of a sinful nature. You know, <laughs> you know, we get in a huff. Mm. <laughs> Things aren't going my way. Um, it's all about yourself. And so I think allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and to be able to change your heart—that's what enables us to have a joyful spirit. And I love in. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 Paul says that with the Holy Spirit you'll be able to sing psalms and hymns and have a melody in your heart and I'm like oh that's really nice Uh, and so just to wrap up we've kind of already touched on this a little bit so I want to ask first of all how do you think what are some ways that we can have fun uh, with friends and family and Mitchell you already said that it's an important thing for us to have friends to begin with. Uh, I think you're right in saying everyone needs friends. God made us to be relational creatures. We are, we love people's company, even uh, if people differ in how long they want to spend with people. We need that human interaction. So what do you think are some good, fun activities that we can do with friends and family to begin with? Sure. I guess an obvious one that comes to mind, and one that I, I personally um, find I really enjoy, is just going out in nature. Um specifically taking my dog for a walk out in nature i i don't know it's just it's so fun like you go out my my dog currently he loves walks and when i say he loves walks he's ecstatic for walks um i've gotten in a bit of a routine to go reasonably at the same time every couple of days to take him for a walk and when it's walk time he and I, he sees me going outside with the shoes he, he's lights bulb and he, like he starts jumping and he's, <laughs> he's like ah, he's panting and he's got a crazy spark in his eyes and he just he just won't calm down until you actually start walking him it's oh, it's the funniest thing but he just finds so much joy i don't know when my dog's happy i'm happy kind of thing and then yeah i usually i find myself just talking to god and saying you know thanks god for making dogs you know they're so fun <laughs> they're, they're really cool and yeah I don't know just 
just yeah the joy that he experiences makes me happy and it just makes me thankful that god i don't know created dogs and created animals in general and nature and places for us to walk and um yeah i guess i guess that's my that's my go-to experience that's awesome yeah nice. i like that a lot how about you mitchell some ways you have fun with friends and family and with god so with friends and family for me um the way, I, the way I used to do it, like, we grew up when we had friends over. You know, you'd hang out, you'd play some games. Um, but as we got older, it turned into, like, you know, you come over and watch a movie or you come over and play video games or something, right? Like, and that's that's great. That's fun. But it's like, you get to the end of it and you don't know anyone better. <laughs> you just know that people laugh at certain jokes in movies. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know much more about them. And so it's been a real struggle for me to move away from just, you know coming over to spend time together but not really spending time together it's, it's been a bit of a struggle for me to move away from that um, but what's what, what, what the other night God, uh, a friend of mine came over and I was sort of thinking man what are we going to do it's cold I'm a bit sick and I don't really want to go outside what are we going to do that doesn't involve sitting in front of the TV and it ended up that like while I was thinking of what we could do we ended up just talking and we just talked for the whole time and that was great <laughs> that's awesome right? like Mm. It it just ended up being good without having any distraction. Mm. In. Mm. Um, so that's good. Um, and in terms of spending time with God, like I like what Jesse was saying. Like you know, you reckon you go out with God in nature and you you see what God's done for you. Um, the other thing I do is I talk to Him just like about anything. Mm. Um, mm. And it's really cool because you can talk to Him about the secrets that no one else knows about, or you can you can laugh with Him about silly things that you do, or or you can, like, it's a journey to be able to see God as a best friend. Mm. Um, mm. And I think one of the cool things is, you know, just start. Just start treating him like one. Start talking to him like he's right there with you. Mm. Like he is your best friend. Like you can tell him anything and, like, he finds things funny too. Like he isn't just a serious guy. Mm. He laughs at things because, you know, he loves us and he, he enjoys seeing us happy. So, mm. um, that's yeah, that's that's for me. And... and then having fun with God is one of the strongest ways that I get closer to him. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. I think um, <clears throat> friends and family, I like doing uh, kind of just activities. Like, uh, I don't know, playing sports is fun. Or, I don't know, just getting out of the house and doing something, you know. Um mm. Or visiting places. I think it's nice to intentionally go out somewhere that uh, isn't like 10 minutes away, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. go out from where you live and go explore somewhere. Exploring is fun. And then when it comes to uh, having fun with God, I really like worship. Um, I like being able to sing. Uh, I play some piano. I love being able to play piano. Uh, and so I find mm. worship to be a, a really good opportunity where I'm praising God for what he's done. And in the process, you remember, you know, all the good things that God's done for you. And so that makes you happy and that fills you with joy. And so, mm. Uh, mm. yeah, that, that is, that's it for me. So, Chris, do you have any recommended readings for all those keen readers out there? Oh, boy, oh, do I. Oh, <clears throat> what? <laughs> I would recommend to our readers at home... Go through the book of Ecclesiastes. That is, you're not going to get a better source 
um, on how to live a meaningful and fulfilling life than the book of Ecclesiastes. There's a lot of depressing stuff in there, uh, but there's also a lot of good. Just uh, pray, let the Holy Spirit guide you, and it's a book full of so much wisdom, uh, and it's got tons more that we weren't even able to cover in the sermon or here. It's just so rich and full of all sorts of stuff. So definitely go check that one out. All right, Jesse, where can these people find you? They can find me on the After Sermon podcast or on my own YouTube channel, just simply Jesse Marks. Yep. Okay, cool. And Mitchell, where can people find you? Yep, so I, I don't have much in terms of... Uh, Websites or anything, but I am on I am on our joint website, the Mighty Warrior Ministries. Um, I've written an article and I'll probably write another one at some point in the future. Um, yeah, you can find me there. Nice. And what about you, Chris? Where can people find you? These people can find me here every fortnight on the After Seven Podcast, as well as on the Mighty Warrior Ministries website. I write some articles there as well, so just uh, yeah, look out for anything I write there and stick up on there. And oh, listeners at home, don't forget, we're everywhere. We're on all sorts of places with the podcast, but we're also on Facebook. Uh, follow us on there. Go follow us on the Mighty Warrior Ministries website. we got so many good stuff there. We've got articles, Bible studies, podcasts. Uh, we hopefully maybe have a video or two coming soon. We've just got a lot of good stuff there. So thank you so much for supporting us and for listening in with us today. That concludes today's podcast, and we hope you've all been blessed as we've discussed the theology of fun. Make sure to come back in a fortnight for another episode. And with that said, have a good one and good night. Good night.